Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, the NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the preview crew, and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. After bullying the Dolphins last week, it's London calling for the Bills. After humbling the wounded Bengals, the Titans travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts team, ready to welcome back the electric Anthony Richardson. And game of the week comes from Santa Clara on Sunday Night Football, when the 49ers welcome the Dallas Cowboys. We'll discuss all three of these games and the rest of the Week 5 action tonight with the preview crew. So, to break down the best of the action, I'm joined by some of our finest crew members, although they're more raggy dolls than from Andy's room. There's lots of hugging in this furry-faced Bengals fan. It's Stu. Stu, how are we this evening, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Um, a lot better than Joe Burrow's calf. <laughs> oh, pretty it's, decent. It's off to a bad start for you guys there, but you're looking well. You're looking. You said you get your hair done for this as well. It's a special occasion. Uh, well, I, I mean, I just kind of did it up where we bit of jail for once. Uh, the see, trying, uh, I've got the brow cream out. I'm trying to do a bit more <laughs> self promotion these days because uh, I don't know if yeah. you guys remember, I've got a single coming out next week. Thirteenth of October, so a week on Friday. I, I can't actually believe it's come up that fast. And, have you got any uh, dates or anything yet? Uh, oh no, this is this is just me on my own kind of thing. So it's, uh, nice. it's not the because I'm in a band called Houston Gray. For anybody that doesn't kind of you know know what I do outside of this, um, but I have this other kind of project that I've been working on over the last kind of year or so, where I've been kind of delving into the world of electronic music and sampling. Nice. Things. Cool. So um, my first song is called Gridiron, so it's actually football themed and uh, kind of, I guess, kind of trip hop beats and a whole bunch of samples from 70s and 80s uh, football games, players, interviews, all that kind of stuff. So uh, amazing. Dropping on the 13th. And we'll make sure we'll be we'll be sharing the, the likes of that in the Gridiron crew socials as well, mate. Uh, fantastic. Don, yeah, it's, it's, it's good putting yourself out there, the, the comfort zone a wee bit, isn't it? You work oh, out for a sure. bit nervous. Eh, a wee bit, aye, because this is, like I say, it's not my normal kind of indie rock kind of type thing. So it's yes. uh, put myself out there a bit and using some of my other influences and can see what I can do with those. Fantastic. Well, the next crew member we've got... Um, He's been known for his ability to cause a few wrecks in his time. It's Pat Fan, Scud. Scud, you well, my buddy? I'm great, mate. And may I, may I just say I put some effort in my hair than that tonight as well, <laughs> just to make sure I was looking nah, smart. You've went all kingpin there with the, the polish and the, the bowling ball there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, there's an obvious Cowboys link when you think of the, the, the Toy Story theme that we're going to start with the, this evening with our final crew member. He may think he's a Woody, but we all know that he's really just a big Jesse. It's Dallas Dan. Dan, welcome, buddy. I like that one. I like that one. And tonight, I'm in my, my people are regular watches. I'm in new surroundings, new job, new office from home. I've surrounded myself with Harry Potter Lego because I know the Cowboys are going to be magic this weekend. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. We all had a good week. Yeah, yeah. great week, mate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good. Enjoyed the football last week um, with the first of our London games. Um, we're going to kind of touch on that with our kickoff question a wee bit. Um, but actually, last Saturday, managed to see a wee bit of live um, 
flag football for the first time. Went up to Ravenscraig and Motherwell to see the East Kilbride Pirates women's team. Um, they were playing a couple of games and managed to catch the second of the, those games. And it was it was actually really, really interesting. I've not seen flag football. I've watched wee bits of it on YouTube and TikTok and things like that. And I'd seen that quite a few of the players had been doing really well. They'd won uh, a competition over in Italy, I think it was, in the past couple of months. So I went up to, to see it because really, really interested. And, and this week is actually an important week in Scotland because it's women and girls, Scottish women and girls in sport week. Um, so it was really good for me to see um, just the, the standard that we had there. And it was it was quite intricate and quick play. I was surprised yeah. the, 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 with the how um, detailed it was with the running and the routes and things like that. Quite a few picks as well for the Pirates, which was great to see. Um, so I'll be making sure I've gone back to see some more of their games. I don't think they've got another home game for a while. But um, look forward to, to seeing more of them. Hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to get a couple of the the lady pirates on the the podcast to to help us out a wee bit. And, um, but really, really enjoyed that. Dan, have you been? You used to play a bit of flag football, is that right? Yeah, I played. I played flag twice in two different teams. I played the the original Glasgow Sabres, which was one of the first uh, the team that came out of basically a a claimers forum. We created a team, uh, wow. and then kind of got. I was kind of what 18, 19 at the time, and then obviously life gets in the way of things. And then uh, a good few years later, Gav was involved with the Glasgow Hornets. They got me back along there. I played a couple of seasons there. Um where I got, I got a bad ankle injury and I had to give it up. But flag is an amazing sport to play. It's so fast paced. Um there's none of your stop start like your normal uh, normal yep. football games, but it's it's so 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 much fun as well. It's not, you think, oh, it looks a fun game, but then you realise when you start playing it, how serious people actually take it. It's, oh, the, the level of detail that you said is mental, but it's such a fun sport to play. Just so quick, and it, it, it doesn't take up too much space, so it can be played in playgrounds. I can see it really taking off in the next couple of years, and definitely in Scotland. Um, talking to one of the coaches, he takes the youth team in Hamilton. Um, my wee boy was very interested, so um, he might be getting a wee shot at that in the next couple of weeks on a Sunday morning down at Palace Grounds I think it is um, from 10 to, to 12 so I was co- talking to Brian who's one of the coaches there and he was telling us all about it. He mentioned that it might be getting um, involved with the Olympics in 2028 I think it is which is amazing just again it shows you the the range that the NFL has and how American football is starting to just take over the, the world and that's why yeah. we are here sitting in the deepest, darkest parts of Scotland and Canada um, and, and blethering about the world sport. So thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to seeing how that, that develops. And hopefully, as I said, get to more of the the EK Pirates women's team uh, games and hopefully get a couple of the Pirates on sometime. Um, right, gentlemen, we've done our welcome. Uh, let's get on to our kickoff question. And you may have seen on Twitter today, we released our kickoff question. Great one. It's following on from the Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars, where it was shown, I think there's a slight delay, maybe one or two seconds, but it was shown simultaneously on Disney Plus, but it was in animation form. And all the players took animation form. It was as if it was taking place in Andy's room uh, from Toy Story. So, our question. 
after the NFL was ever evolving, right? So the NFL linked up with Disney to bring us Fundy Football last Sunday. So after Toy Story, what animation style should the next NFL game be in? Dan, I'm going to come to you first for this one. Yeah, no bother. My obvious first answer this one was actually realised I'd be plagiarising if I used the first answer that came in my head, which was Looney Tunes, but then I forgot we were at Space Jam. We can't really do that. <laughs> uh, there's so many different ones. I mean, I think for that, the Toy Story one was was excellent. Um, and yeah. Toy Story is my favourite Disney film, so again, that would have been another answer I would have picked. Uh, I'm trying to think of back to the thing. What about Rugrats? Played it in the living room floor in the Rugrats. Nice. <laughs> and then we had the wee playpen, a wee football field, and the wee playpen. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. I loved them um, from the, the Toy Story. I think it was uh, what was the, the the Slinky Dog um, as the the chains. That was just terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and <laughs> <laughs> the absolute genius. Absolute genius. Absolutely, and the way they were able to just transfer the, each of the players into the game and show their run and the route. They think of the amount of kids that are waking up in America on a Sunday morning watching that with their, their family members. That's just going to get them hooked for, for decades yeah. to come. Yeah. Um, Scud, what about you? Which, which um, cartoon animation style would you would you pick for um, the next one? If I go with my cartoon, I've got a lot to choose from. I love my cartoons, but in the 80s, Wayne. Um, so there's plenty to go from. But I think I'll go Transformers just so you, so you can get... Um, Autobots versus Decepticons, I think it'll be a cracking. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Can you see in like A-Chain uh, turning into one of these speedy cars and just like <laughs> yeah. flying down the, the through everything, crashing into everything? That'd be terrific. Showing Tyreek how its real pace is. <laughs> yes, there is a cheetah. <laughs> nah, there, is a, there is a cheetah. Oh, there's a cheetah. Yeah. The Beast yeah, War. Yeah, yeah. The Beast yeah, War. Transformers fantastic. Beast Wars, yep. Yeah. <laughs> What would begin to your Michael Bay Transformers and the, the crew we can see? Um, Stu, what about yourself? What would you go for? See, this is tough. I was I was kind of the same. I was almost going down that 80s cartoon route as well, but um, I'm going to say South Park because I absolutely <laughs> love South Park and I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. And obviously we've seen them, like, they skewer and parody everything anyway, but uh, we've already seen the Denver Broncos obviously feature in uh, South Park before in the past. But one of the things I would like to see as part of that is like anytime you have a quarterback being sacked, you could have <laughs> Stan appear. Kenny Pickett. Aye, Kenny, Kenny gets killed. Aye, basically. <laughs> and you have Stan and going like, oh my God, you killed Kenny, you bleep. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody makes oh, a bad play and Mr. Ha- Mr. Hanky appears. Like the <laughs> <laughs> somebody does something like you know throws the ball too short or something like that kind of thing. So, I accept that would be great. When love <laughs> when love staggers about the place, Miss um, Towley comes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, these are terrific! Right, yeah, right. I think that's, that's really really good. Um, if you've got any of your own suggestions, please get in touch with the 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 crew. And get us on Twitter at Gridiron Crew. We're on uh, Instagram. The switch we're on all of them on all of them uh, for me myself i would be heart and back like you say we go back to the the glory days of cartoons it would have to be the was it 1994 95 x-men cartoon um oh, nice. i think that would just be that'd be absolutely brilliant seeing like max crosby um as uh wolverine coming around <laughs> just like tearing people to shreds to try and get to to the ball or beast 
um, and the O line just like protecting his, his quarterback, and then Blankenship coming on as Cyclops. I think that would be, that would be absolutely. Right. Hey, you've missed an obvious one there. Like, actually, uh, oh, you yeah. have um, Derek Henry as the juggernaut because he oh, can't be stopped. Yes. Just starts running with the ball and then off he goes. <laughs> he did it to us at the weekend. He had his get right game against the Bengals, of course. But yeah, no, I think he'd be a perfect juggernaut. Yeah, uh, Dalton is the the Phoenix as well. Big big red himself. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> see, see, speaking about styles, have you seen the new um, Turtles movie? No, the oh, animation aye. in that is it's That's different. Cool. It's cool. That is a see yeah. if you talk about it, it's a style. That is amazing. That would actually be good aye, to have that. I can't see past the the latest Spider Man and the Spider Verse movies. That just took it to a new level for me. The the complexity in that, but listen, we've got to keep this. We're no doubt we'll do a movie podcast at some point during the summer because NFL off season's a long, long time for us to just like, like blether a wee bit about who's uh, maybe getting paid. I think we need to diversify next year, so aye, we'll get plenty of chance to talk about that. Um, great, fantastic. We are now going to head south from sunny Glasgow here, and a wee bit further for you, Stu, and we'll head to London for part two of the London shows we've got the Jaguars who are away this time um, to the Bills um, Buffalo Bills tough, tough game. road game tough road game for the Jaguars <laughs> a lot of travel this week for that away game <laughs> do you think the Jags have been like keeping to American time or do you think they'll be acclimatised to I don't imagine it'll be much yeah Scott you did the trip to uh, Massachusetts last year what was the what was the uh, jet lag like for you? It all rolled, all rolled over into a hangover, mate, so it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just three days. It didn't really, didn't really affect you, to be honest with you, if I'm being totally honest. I can't yeah. imagine it being too much, yeah, I think. For I, think it'd be, I think it's too long a period to stay in American time for the Jags. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say, though, Dan, I don't, I don't know about that, because I have a feeling that they've probably tried to keep themselves at least to their meal times they've probably tried mm -hmm. to keep the same um just because there is a big thing like uh we see it a lot here in canada or they talk about it a lot because obviously canada is a huge place and in hockey the whole traveling mainly from west to east is a big issue especially when you have teams playing like earlier than they would normally play um, right. So if I'm the Jaguars, I would, if I'm their coach, uh, like I would probably be saying, guys, we're going to try and stick to that game clock just because you don't want to mess up your body. Like anything that affects your rhythm, especially around about food and sport, it's going to screw you up in the game. And if the Bills are coming over and they're ready to go for, I know it's an earlier kickoff than normal, but if they're going, you know, ready to go from 9 a.m. or whatever it is, like yeah. uh, Bills time kind of thing. Um, the Jaggers are going to struggle because if they've lived there for two weeks now and got into British time, it, it could actually mess them up and it's going to screw yeah. them up going back. Or have they got a bye next week, actually? That's what I was going to say. I think I thought they had yeah. a bye next week, so they'll... Aye. The Jags must have a bye, surely. But... <laughs> I'll take a wee bit of getting used to it. So the last game they, they beat, I think we were all tipping the um, Atlanta Falcons to run over the top of them, but the Jags D did its job and they... Trounced the Falcons 23-7, um, which was not an entirely inspiring first uh, London game, but uh, it was a good enough win for the Jags. Do we see them continuing this against the Buffalo Bills? Who, let's get this out of the way just now. 
the Bills D certainly showed up against the all conquering Miami Dolphins last week. This is going to be a, a much tougher game for them this week, Dan. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, just to come back to what you say, the Jags don't have a bye next week. Divisional game as well. That's that's yeah. rough. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Oh no, we're on this. We're on it. Oh no, we're week one now. Sorry, we're on week four, aren't we? No, week. Yeah. Week five. Week we're on. five. This is week five. Yeah, so I week next Sunday. Yep, yep. Next Sunday. Yep. Colts at uh Colts at the Jaguars. Mm. That's harsh. Yeah, it's very harsh. Um, sorry, get back to the point. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think um, the Bills turned up last week. That's the Bills that I think we all expected to see this season. Um, Josh Allen turned up. Um, the Dolphins were a bit of a surprise. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, the Jags. This thing we're talking about the time difference could could be a factor. Um, London games are a bit different as well, obviously, in terms of fan base. So you're not going to have a massive Homer away fan base either. Going to have that mixture of crowd as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do fancy the Bills for this one. Um, how it's going to play out would be quite interesting to see. Scud, who are you thinking then is is going to continue on with their their good performances for the the Jags? There, Trevor Lawrence is. Not quite been catching fire just yet. Um, last week it wasn't even Calvin Ridley. It was it was more Christian Kirk that was getting the 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 yards. So far he's got two hundred and fifty seven yards in the first four games, and just the one touchdown for Christian Kirk. Ridley lagging behind a wee bit there with two hundred and eleven, but he's got the two touchdowns. It's a good couple of options that Lawrence has got there. And you've, they'll be. Sorry they'll have enough to get past the this Bills def- defence? Oh, I think they've got a chance because you've not only got, as you described there, Ridley and Kirk, but you've also got Ingram and you've also got Etienne catching out the backfield as well. For me, the yeah. biggest disappointment with the Jags is they need to get some form of run game going. Um, without They're not going to beat big teams like the Bills without getting that going. Yeah. Etienne is meant... You can see flashes of what he is, but for whatever reason, the run game just doesn't seem non-existent almost. So, and all, I think they've got a chance. Being there for this week and the Bills travelling, that will play a factor. How big a factor, I don't know. But I think they've got a bigger chance because of that. And if they can get some form of run game going, which is easier said than done against the Bills D, it's going to be interesting, but... I think this will be a better game than last week. I'm hoping it's not a blowout one way. I'm hoping it's a competitive game, but I'd say it's... I just think... The, I don't know. I'm, I'm really on the fence what, who to pick for this one, but I think the Jags have got the tools to do it. It just needs to be a complete performance because last week they were good for a half and then disappeared the second half. So yeah. if you can't do that against a team like the Bills, you'll get destroyed. As someone Dude. who is a Tigersby owner in fantasy, 100% agree with the running game thing. <laughs> well, Stuart, I was just going to come to you there and say, is it is it time for them to maybe widen it up? Most that he's been getting is maybe the first game, Tanks Big Bay got seven carries, but after that, it's only been two or three. He's got two touchdowns already this season, but mm-hmm. only for like 10 yards in each of the, the games after that. Are they maybe needing to open it up a wee bit? Because he's a, certainly a different type of player. 
to Travis Etienne. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, I also had kind of high hopes for what, I mean, for what he's done as an actual player in real life. I think he's done pretty well with the limited carries he's had. And to speak to Dan's point on fantasy, yeah, it would be quite good um, for many fantasy winners to probably see Tank start playing or being given a few more carries. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think against the Bills, they are going to struggle um, if they can't establish a run game as well. I realize that's like the you know the analytics or the anti-analytics kind of view is like yeah. establish the run, establish the run, and then you'll win. Like no, that's it. I know it doesn't really work like that in modern football, but they need some form of run game as well. Because uh, on that point, like um, one of the things I was looking forward to last week when Miami played the Dolphins was seeing what that kind of high-powered passing attack could do against the Bills' mm-hmm. defence. And then once you had the return of uh, DeMar Hamlin coming back in, there were some people saying, like, oh, look, they're a bit slightly weaker at safety now, mm-hmm. so that's something the Dolphins could expose. Well, they never managed it kind of thing. Um, and if anything, I'd say the Dolphins had more success through A-chain in the Russian game. So that yes. really, for Jacksonville, they're going to need to get Tank involved because ETN is a good back, but he can't do it all on his own. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think in the modern NFL, you really need to have that at least a tandem. If not, maybe sometimes the three-player carousel, a Russian or, you know, whether it's a, another running back or you work in a wide receiver in the backfield that can do the, the whole kind of... Sweeps. Boot, yeah, sweeps and jet sweeps and boot scoot and boogie around there with the ball. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I think run game for Jacksonville, that's, that's to me, like, if they can get that going as part of this game, they have a chance. Um, we'll obviously get to how we think the game's going to go in a bit here, Keith. But uh, for Buffalo, yeah. on their side... You know, after you saw them play the Dolphins last week, it's kind of difficult to see many weaknesses because now, yeah, Josh Allen hasn't been Mr. All-Action, All-Hero guy this year. But again, it's one of those things, like we said with Hurts in previous weeks, he's not really had to do all that much yet. And Buffalo, you know, this year, they finally seem to be using other rushing options than just having Allen sprint in with the ball. Every single time, but he still has that ability with his legs too. Um, and their defense is outstanding. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough sledding for Jacksonville, but there is a path there. A couple of Danny, there for you. Sorry, go for it, Dan. So the, the Bills have actually got the biggest points differential in the league. They're, they're number yep. one point differential in the league now, a uh, point ahead of the Cowboys. They've only conceded fifty-five points. Um, their defense is number one in the league for takeaways. They're joint number one with the Bucks of ten takeaways right. this season. Um, it had stats had to break down a second ago, so they've had eight interceptions and two fumble recoveries so far this season. So yeah, the passing might try and get the passing game against them, but the DBs are going to take that ball away from you. Yeah. Um, so the number one offense in terms of point differential, the number one defense in takeaways. That, that's tough to compete against. It's surprising as well since. It- the first game of the season that they didn't look all that steady, didn't look all that sure in themselves. Um, Josh Allen had uh, didn't have a shocker, he, 236 yards against the, the Jets, but 29 out of 41 uh, attempts. Last week he was, he was so economical with his passing, 21 out of 25 completions for 320 yards. He had a QB rating of 88.9. It's, just shows that the guy has levels that he can go up. 
and I think they're starting to find their groove. Be honest, that quite a few of us in the, the crew had wrote them off. We talked about last week about how the the Bills had a they had a chance for going for the Super Bowl, but um, that door was closing. And I think it was Clear the Bear who we had on last week was talking about the window, and the window was shutting slowly on them. Yeah. Well, they bust it wide open uh, last week with that performance against the the Finns. Um, yeah. Josh Allen then, when he is focused when he's not just trying to create um in the pocket when he can get his reads away the guy's a, a real real talent but when he is a wee bit more conservative with his, his running and if there's nothing happening and making that wee burst forward he's a game changer he's a, an absolute winner for the the team yeah. the way see dan do you see him making the, the the being the real difference then this game on sunday yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I'm one of the people that wrote the bills off and said that the window had closed on them. I, th- I thought they'd missed a Super Bowl window. Um, as I said, at the start of the season, it was going to be Burrow, it was going to be Mahomes. Burrow's done nothing this year to make that point even look even likely. Um, yeah. <clears throat> obviously, two is stepping up again this year. So that number two spot in the AFC now, I would thought that was going to be the Bengals to throw away is now wide open. Um, and I think I think the way Josh Allen can play in the way he has now turned up is, is there for their taking. Um, and I think he, he's, he's going to be the thing that leads the Bills this season. Obviously, they've got great stats on defence. They've got good receivers. But he is the guy that leads that team. And he's the guy that's going to have to put them on his back and take them where they want to go. Scott, um in the off-season, we heard, we heard murmurs and rumblings about Stefan Diggs being unhappy. Towards the end of last season, I think there was a few wee altercations at the sideline. With 399 yards and four touchdown receptions already this season, it's kind of putting that to, to bed big time, hasn't he? Oh, he's definitely put that to his bed. He's looking like the Stefan Diggs we know and love. But he's always got that wee bit of a diva in him, in my opinion. He's always got yes. that wee bit of a, he wants his way, if he doesn't get the ball, he's going to kick up a stink, which personally is a rotten attitude to have. It's a team sport. Aye. So you're all there to play together. So if you're if you're throwing away the best cornerback and it's leaving somebody else open, like Davis, allow that to happen. You'll still win games. You might get us a ring, but he's very toys out of Prammy. But um, toys at a prime, I love that. That's a great <laughs> phrase, mate. especially with the Toy Story theme. Be <laughs> 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 firing Woody at the window, <laughs> but, but, but that's about as much Bill's love as I'm one to get. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stu, tell me, talk to me about the 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 tight ends. Um, maybe mention that briefly, Gabe Davis, who's, who's also. Who's also chipping was... in with uh, a few touchdowns and important and uh, receptions, but it's the tight ends I'm interested in. Dawson Knox and they drafted Dalton yeah, Kincaid, Kincaid this yeah. year. Um, what do you make of them then? Slight spoiler alert for uh, what we're going to talk about later on in our, our fantasy <laughs> pick thing. Um, I looked long and hard at both Dalton, um, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. I hate that they both have D names to start. <laughs> and K, <laughs> the last names as well. So, um, 
goes in my brain kind of thing. But anyway, um, I looked long and hard at maybe suggesting both of them as the uh, I may have put them down as my sleeper picks this week yes. at tight end because so far, um, you know, both of them they're like Knox is a quality tight end. And when they drafted Kincaid, I know there was a few people that were kind of pulling their hair out and kind of gnashing their teeth, Dan, I think, during the draft, because I believe he was uh, was Dalton Kincaid, one of the guys that you were looking at for the Cowboys. Oh, no, no, I mean for the the Cowboys in real life. I think you were Oh, sorry, in real life. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, yes. But we would have used them properly, that's the difference. Aye, but hmm. what I would say from what I've seen of them both so far, like I like the way they've been working them into games, like because basically you've got these two tight ends who I mean Knox is slightly more experienced, so as a you know, as tight ends develop, they seem to get better at the blocking thing as they go, and Knox is doing that kind of pretty well so far. Um, and Kincaid is picking that up too. So it's like you have this kind of just this option where I think having those two heavy tight ends has allowed Davis to kind of be a bit more free as well in the wide yeah. receiver game. Because last year, I know that there were some people from the fantasy perspective that were disappointed with Gabe Davis. But yeah, if, I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. put his numbers up. But if you go back and look at his numbers from last year, he didn't actually have that bad a year at all. It was just he was maybe drafted slightly higher than, you know, he probably should have been in fantasy. Um, I think that's been one of the big kind of things that's happened for, for Buffalo is those two guys have sort of helped Gabe Davis get three. And I also think just with their ability to kind of chip at guys that are running in, they've also allowed guys like Cook. Um, so now Buffalo, all of a sudden, to go back to what we are talking about earlier, about saying how Josh Allen isn't just the guy that's running it all the time now. They actually mm-hmm. have a running game as well. Like, you know, that isn't just, oh, Josh Allen will run with it if he needs to. And I feel like the tight ends have kind of been part of that story as well. So, yeah, Buffalo's, as much as we all wrote them off, Dan, um, I think we maybe need to retract that slightly now because <laughs> I was the same as you. I, I went I went hard on the Dolphins last week because I was sold on, like, ah, screw it. Like, the Dolphins are going to vape their way to success. Can I, you know, build their offense like bits of Lego and, you know, <laughs> Daniels will do his, word, uh, do his thing kind of thing. But yeah, no, I like both yeah. those tight ends and I think they're good together. Just, just then, you mentioned... Yeah. So just to say, you mentioned Gabe Davis there. Um, last year was probably one of his most productive years. 836 yeah. yards and seven touchdowns, uh, 17.42 yards per carry as well. Best thing about Dave Davis, if, you, if, you've not, if you've not checked it, have a look at his picture on um, on Sleeper. He just reminds me of like, one of the, the dwarves from Lord of the Rings. I think he would just look <laughs> absolutely perfect kicking about with, with Gimli. Um, so I, uh, he's one of my my favourite images. Uh, I, I might try and trade for him, just because I love just for the image, <laughs> just for the picture. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. So I was going to say, just on, on both tight ends, like as, as we spoke about the draft, there, this is going to sound like me just more about my fantasy team all night tonight. By the sounds of it, I've got them both <laughs> on different fantasy teams. That's what the listeners want to hear, Dan. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's what I've got them both on different fantasy teams, and I've been disappointed by. Both, both the point, like, <laughs> yeah, because they're splitting. As you say, but they've been used to open up other people. They've not been used as receiving tight ends as much as yeah. Knox previously has, and what I think every expected Kincaid to be. Mm-hmm. I think every this season thought either Knox is going to say what he was doing last year and get loads of catches, or Kincaid's going to take his place. And neither of the two of those has happened. They both mm-hmm. basically cancelled each other out in terms of receptions, and it's but it has freed up. Wide out and the running backs. I mean, Gabe Davis. I had him in fantasy last year. He had a very good season for me last year. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, that's a great point you make there, Stu, that they've both been used to free up everybody else rather than being a part of receiving heavy tight end. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest, like not not all tight ends can be Travis Kelsey and what yeah. they are doing is perfect. It's kinda of like Hunter Henry and you know the guys like the way he's used for the Pats. Like that's as much as sometimes I rag on the Pats, Scud, like mm-hmm. I do like the way Bill has used his tight ends like over the year. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's a master of like working the tight ends into schemes. Well, this and having them... drunk. <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh also he who shall not be named the other yes. tight end he was very good too, but <laughs> Um, so let's have a, a, a wee th- The only other thing I wanted to mention was um, the Bills losing Tredavious, Tredavious White um, with a, I think he had an Achilles injury yeah. as well, adding to Von Miller being out for a, a long time too. So point on that, Keith, breaking news for you. No. Von Miller has travelled. I thought he might Ooh. be back. That's he's he's been through two practices, he's okay, and he's travelled with the hope that he can play. Uh, he's just, just wanting to go and see. I would imagine, but uh, he's just wanting to go and see Harry Potter land, sir, and <laughs> Madam Tussauds there. That's that's all he's after. <laughs> um, there you are. So that's that's pretty good. If uh, Von Miller's making a, a trip back, he'll not be far away. Then we think maybe a wee bit too soon for him for the Sunday game. But um, good that he's in contention. He's a, a good head. To have around the team, especially with yeah, that. Just, a just have them in the dressing room and having them even on the sidelines. Yeah, right. have a big boost for them. I mean, they can easily kit them up and try yeah. a bit of mind games with the Jaguars. Do you know what I mean? Um, yes. It'd be good just to have them what? around the team, but Aye. if he's kitted up, then you're, you've got to think he's going to get on the field at some point. He's not going to, he's not to take up well, it puts his kit on and stands on a sideline anyway. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, Dan, who is going to win then on Sunday for the afternoon? Uh, match there. Yeah, I think the Bills will win pretty comfortably. Ooh. For the second week in the, the trot there then. Scott, you going for Jags in a three point game. <laughs> Just couldn't bring yourself to do it, could you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't know what these NFL script writers are going to do. I think you're you're right to hedge your bets here. I'm um, still with yourself. Performance again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Stad, uh, Stuart, what are you going for? Uh, I'm, I'm actually glad that Scud went with the, the Jags there because it means we avoid the crew kiss of death, which is like we're all Absolutely. three is pick a team and then they lose. Or all four is pick a team and then they lose. Uh, oh, actually, the Bills then. Bills. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to go Jags there just to make this break this. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bills, uh, and it's purely because just something we said earlier, or you were mentioning earlier about all the takeaways the Bills have had, and yeah. I realised that the Jags cleaned it up last week. Um, but remember, we were talking in our feature heading into last week's game, we talked about how the Jags were leading the league and uh, dropped passes and fumbles and things. So, yeah, the Bills' defence is going to put a lot more pressure on them this week than what the Falcons did. Uh, so I, I can't see it being anybody but the Bills. And I think it's going to be pretty comfortable, I think, in that 9 to 10 point range in there kind of thing. Um, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for my, my heart here. I'm going to say Doug Peterson is going to help Trevor Lawrence uh, defeat the, the mighty Buffalo Bills in the away game at Spurs Stadium. If you're going to the game... Um, Tag us in some pictures. We'd love to see how uh, it's looking down there. Um, 
send your pictures in. We'd love to share them with the wider audience here as well. Next week, if you're back and you'd love to talk about it, get in touch with the crew. Maybe see if there's a wee space available for you if you'd like to join in. But um, right, so we're going. I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit. I'll go to the Jags. We don't want to. We don't want to be just going for the the, the favourites all the time. Then yeah. I'm I'm going for the Jags. Etienne, and uh, I think Tank Bigsby's week's going to happen. So there we go. Right, three and one for the. No, no, no. Okay, no, that wasn't changing. Right, heading back stateside then for the Titans um, versus the Indianapolis Colts. This is a divisional game in the AFC South, and it's two teams that we've not really touched upon much. We don't have any Titans or Colts fans in the, the crew just yet. Um, so maybe not be showing them much love. I thought it would be a good idea for us to maybe have a wee review of them, see how we think they're, they're doing so far this season. Have a transitional season for both teams. But um, Stu, I'll come to you first of all. How do you think the... Let's start with the, the Titans, the, the away team. Um... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of saw quite a bit of them last week and... You know what, considering everybody was saying that they hadn't started very well, they certainly didn't didn't look too poor last week against us. I mean Sorry. whether that's that a reflection quite inconsiderate. Of the... yeah. That was quite inconsiderate <laughs> of me. I got into Sorry. The... Sorry. Poor Michael. <laughs> Licking your wounds um, there. No, no. I mean what I would say is like last week against us, our offense just couldn't get going at all and the Titans and I mean, again, we'd said it like even when the Browns were playing them and stuff, they do have a very, very good run D. Um, mm-hmm. So heading into this week, it's like that's something I think that they, they're they going to keep doing well um, for their offense. Derek Henry just couldn't get going the first few weeks. But if you look at it from the other side, he's playing the Browns and one of, I forget who else he's played. But I remember obviously when he was playing the Browns, their run defense is pretty stout as well. So yeah. he just couldn't get going. And Miles Garrett had a field day just destroying Tannehill as well, because he knew that there was nothing else kind of going to be going there. Um, for for their offence, though, I do think they're maybe finally starting to get going. Um, the Colts, I know you never asked me about them, but the Colts' defence, it's struggling. Um, it's one of the things, because I have Tannehill in one of the leagues. I, I drafted him really mm-hmm. late as a backup quarterback, but I haven't started him yet or anything, so, but I've been looking at him. Tannehill's actually been doing really well when he's throwing the ball over the top to the middle. Yeah, so like between the numbers. I think yeah. he's got a passer rating of just over 100 when he's putting it there. The Colts are not doing well defending in that centre zone. So if um, the Titans kind of get, you know, get the receivers kind of heading into that area or whether they can get a Conquo or someone like one of their tight ends, get them mm-hmm. rushing into that centre kind of spot, Tannehill could do really well against this, uh, this Colts defence. So, uh, Titans, I, I think, you know, they, they're two and two, and they're in a fairly weak division. So, with Tannehill and with their coaching and with their run defence, they could make the playoffs. Like it's, it, you know, I think things are looking a bit better than they did after week two, I'll put it that way. They they certainly did start slow, uh, slowly, and you're looking at the, the team that they've got. They've, they've got threats there. Brian Tannehill... Mm-hmm. I can't remember which game it was. Was it the, the Dolphins game where... Um, I'm trying to remember. No, I think it was the... The the, the Browns game. They could beat uh, 27-3. 
Tannehill just did not look good at all. 13 of uh, 25 completion, um, only passing for 104 yards. It wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. it was looking done round about then, but then he came back strongly last week, as we say. Yeah. Total turnaround, 27-3 win, uh, 18 of 25 with 240 yards. Uh, you mentioned Oconquo through the, the middle there. He's someone Hi. who I had high hopes for at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I drafted thinking that he would be uh, coming at his um, second or third year. I thought a player like that would, would really do well, and it's not really happened very yet. Well, happened yet for him. As you said, it could be a, a target that they'd be able to do, but if you look at the rest of the team, they have got options there. Well, they've got Derek Henry. Oh, D Yeah. D Hops came in. It'll take him a wee bit of time to acclimatise to the, the team. And... Hey, again, he's a guy that he looked good against us. Like he looked like the old D Hop. Like I know, he, I think he only got about, um, I'm totally going from memory here, about like 64, 65 yards, something like that last week. And in that 60 to 70 yard range. But. His catches, they were all really good, yeah. like well executed, well run routes. So the, he's looking like he's into that playbook now, and he's the a great wide receiver. Down, the big long one that Tanhill overthrew him just in the end zone was a peach. Aye, he got that. I was mm-hmm. going to be a peach. Aye, yeah. absolutely. So four receptions from six targets for the sixty-three yards, as you said. There you go, sixty-three. It was almost yeah. right. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it seems to be spreading it out a wee bit. It's not just D-Hop that's, that's been targeted um, by Tannehill. There's also Traylon Burks. Nick Westwood Ekini um, seems he to be good. starting, yeah. to, starting yeah, to make a, really a name for himself week. as well. Is he drafted this um, summer? Is this I think he's been there. No, I think he's been there a couple of years. I'm trying to check it. He's yeah, a bit. Oh, it's he's fourth he had, season, fourth season. Yeah, I was guess he's been there a few years, and uh, yeah, he had an excellent touchdown against us. And, uh, that was the kind of the backbreaker one for me, where I went, you know what, I'm because usually like I'll try watch Bengals games like in the full thing kind of thing, like all the way yeah. through. Um, but I ended up flipping back to red zone, and then we just everywhere again bumped back to the Bengals game to see what was going on. But that that touchdown was excellent kind of thing. So I, I, I didn't turn away because he was playing poorly. I was more, <laughs> I just couldn't face the Bengals anymore. And I thought, I need to go see see some other players uh, scoring touchdowns and <laughs> feel good. Um, Scud, what about King uh, Henry? Um, so far, 285 rushing yards and two touchdowns for him. Um, 122 Yards last week against the Bengals was really that was his uh, big first big big game of the the season. Before that, he'd only managed eighty against the Chargers. Is he getting a wee bit too old? Is he maybe just needing a wee bit more time to get up and running? Is are we maybe thinking a wee bit too early, jumping to a wee bit, conclusions a wee bit too early in the season? Is it roundabout now, week four five, that you start to see the team settle into the rhythm? And start to really, really find the, the 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 quality within their team. I think it's a mixture of both. As Stu touched on, he had a couple of the first couple of weeks had some really hard defenses against as one defenses like the Browns, etc. So that, mm-hmm. but Henry's Henry, I don't think Henry's ever started on fire last yeah. season. He always comes into the season. In my opinion, I've always seen him come into it and gets better and better and better. And even during the games. He'll work away, work away, work away. Then the second half, you'll see him, the teams are just 
exhausted and he just goes by. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's the same. I don't think he's done. No, I don't think he's too old. No, um, the guy's still got it and he still looks fit to me. So I just think is the way he's always been. It's always he builds up to it. It just comes into mm-hmm. it more and more. So I don't think it's anything to worry about for being a Titans fan or anything like that. So I don't. I, I do think he's going to be a big factor. If they if they're going to be successful, they need him and D Hop to produce. Um, and Tannehill's keeping his job just now, but obviously you've got Levis sitting in the background as well, waiting to come in for that as well. Yeah, he's not had a look in yet, is it? Well, Levis, the one I was looking at was possibly for life after. Um, Derek Henry is tied. J Spears has anyone seen much of him so far? He has only managed. I seen him at a red zone last week. I think they had a good couple of carries last week. I don't see his yeah. exact stats, but I remember watching red zone. He's, they popped up quite a bit last week. Um, Five carries for forty yards last week. Um, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean he's a quite he's, he's a quick back. Um, he's opposite yeah. Henry, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but and he's a big power back. We're talking yeah. about Henry there. Looking at the league now, obviously it's a passing league. And we've made many discussions in the offseason about running backs. And it seems like even the running backs now are be, they're moving away from that power back. You know I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at Elliot's, yep. well, he's obviously a Patriots, but he's done. Um, Henry's getting to that stage as well. There's not many power backs left in the league that are now number ones. Well, um, even even Fournette never even got a deal. Like he's Fournette, still, yeah. Now he's a free agent. You know, the other thing is, Jacobs is probably, he's a, probably a hybrid of both, to be fair. Uh, but there's not many of those backs are now number ones left in the league. Um, so going to the future, people like Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, TJ Spears, Eckler. Yeah, that, that seems to be the way teams are now going with running backs. Um, so whenever Henry's contract's up, I think he could find himself in a very similar situation to Elliot and Furnet and people like that where they're like, well, yeah, we'll take you as a, a goal line or a third down back, but you're not a number one anymore. Mm-hmm. What about the wide receivers then? Um, D-Hop, how much is he going to be able to elevate this team? Um, Stu, what you, have you seen of him so far this season? I mean, like I said, this past week, he definitely looked like the D-Hop that we all know from previous years. And he yeah. had all of his shiftiness and everything. And he's a big guy, like, you know, so he's he can get up there and catch those balls. And Scud's right, like, if he caught that pass the other day, like the the one that was slightly overthrown and in the end zone, like that's going to be a huge play or whatever's probably, you know, touchdown or whatever and yeah. get somewhat closer to that hundred yards in a game kind of thing. But as 63 yards that he had this week were, were kind of top quality um, for the Colts. Like actually just to kind of speak about their wide receivers a bit as well. Like uh, they, they've been, you know, they've actually looked kind of pretty decent as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, they've got Pittman. Um, I forget who's, I forget who's up, pull up the, I don't know if you can pull up the order. Who their WR two is, but uh, yeah, I've yeah, kind of liked what yeah. I've seen from them. What, what they've got, kind of some shifty guys that are able to kind of poke holes and kind of you know expose all, uh, defenses. So I think both these teams, it's almost that like they're kind of like for like, in a lot of ways. Like they they both have good like um, as much as I'm saying that like obviously the Titans run D is the best in the league. Like it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I think they I was just kind of checking my numbers there. They've only allowed, I think it's 2.9 yards per carry teams have averages against them, wow. which is like absolutely ridiculous kind of thing. And for the Colts, they're maybe getting Taylor back, so that may help them 
there if Jonathan Taylor can come in. But I was also looking mm-hmm. at his numbers and specifically against the Titans. His uh, career, uh, I think he averages over five yards per carry for his career against the Titans. He's only he only averages three point nine yards per carry. Um, yeah. So it's just it's leave one of those Zach just leave Zach Moss in. See, I was only yeah, telling. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but what, what was saying the other was like. Sorry, did you? Or did you get the, the wide receivers? Yeah, yeah, I've got the wide receivers. So you've got um, Michael Pittman, the wide receiver. Once Alec Pierce is a player that I have. Alec Pierce, hoping, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that hoping that he's going he to take off. But yeah. um, for, yes, but he just doesn't do enough. Uh, in fantasy terms, anyway, from I know that's it. We're talking fantasy here. Reluctantly, yeah, no, reluctantly, I've dropped them this week. Um, the wide receiver uh, three is Josh Downs there as well. So, yeah, it's a team that that you feel that it can grow one or two seasons with these players. You've got the the explosiveness of Michael Pittman Jr. there. That if he can get on the same wavelength as Anthony Richardson. We'll get to a, a wee bit there as well. Yeah. But players like Pierce can learn a wee bit more and just um, settle into the league. That could be a, a quite a dangerous uh, a, a group of playmakers that they've, they've got there. Just uh, yeah. as you mentioned, JT there, Jonathan Taylor has been in, on IR um, for the past uh, four weeks. But he's been back training. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be available for uh, next week. For sorry, for this week. They were asking him about his um, off-season uh, contractual problems with the with the team, and he says that was a, an off-season thing. He's, he's putting it behind him now, and he's looking forward to just concentrating on the team. So if you've stashed him away in your fantasy team, you may be on to an absolute winner there because JT coming back into the team. I can see him being similar to maybe Connor at the Cardinals, mm. just come yeah. back and just... Maybe not in the most uh, successful team, but but doing really really quite well and, and making some good plays. Um, go for it. I think it's an exciting time to be a coach fan. I think I think if you're a coach fan at the moment and you're looking at what the team's building, I think you're you're happy. I yeah. think I mean you've got Richardson. I think some people came out when was going to college weren't sure if he was going to be ready straight off the bat and was he going to be able to step up. But I think he's shown already. He definitely was ready. Taylor coming back, Zach Moss there, Pittman. They're maybe missing an elite receiver. If they can get an elite receiver, I think the exciting times ahead if you're a Colts fan. Hey, here's here's an idea. If the Colts are, let's say the season progresses and the Titans fall off, kind of thing they don't mm-hmm. do, you know, they're not doing well, and the Colts are in that running for a playoff spot. Um, or they're you know they're winning the division somehow because it could happen because it's a very tight division. I think they're all two yeah. and two or something maybe or yeah, two, yeah. two and one and three. Um, would the Colts look at? Tra- I mean, I realize it's a divisional rival, so it's always hard to do those divisional trades. Would you trade for D Hop? Just as you're saying, like you know, because I I still feel that D Hop's went to the Titans because he was looking for an option where he could go and try and win a ring. Um, and possibly get paid, but that never materialised. Yes. So I feel like he settled a bit for the Titans. Which, no offence to the Titans, if there's any fans listening because I do like them and I do I like Tannehill. Like I say, I drafted him late because the guy normally puts up numbers. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel that D Hop's maybe there because he's thinking, well, I'll just do my thing, and then possibly get traded before the deadline to a team that's competing. So if you're the Colts, you could do a lot worse, I think, than look at D Hop to be. 
the one-two punch with Pittman. Yeah. Good. What do you think about that? Um, to me, I, I think um, I know you're saying you did, did not get an alpha. I went W one, um, but I just do think that you touched on that you said JT's numbers wasn't great against Titans or Russian, but not once have they had to think about the quarterback running as well. So they, if he comes back and you've got the Russian attack of the, the quarterback, that's got to be massive for them. I go as far as saying that if. Taylor does come back and is as Justin Taylor, not like before he actually was injured. I think you're looking at the team that will win that division, no problem. If you've got that dual threat there with your Pittman Jr. and etc., there's a young group of court, um, court, um, wide receivers, but I do think you've got enough there to win it. And to me, Taylor coming back is, would be massive for that team. Um. Anthony Richardson, of course, he is such a, a complete athlete. He also has the the threat of being able to to run with the ball himself. Um, so far, he's got almost that little, just over yeah, 100, 120 yards. He's, so far, he's rushing, than, passing, he's passing, passing ten, though, he's more than ten, four hundred seventy-nine. Yeah, Keith, I was just going to say he's more than ten yards a carry when he runs with the ball. Uh, to speak to yeah. Scud's point. Um, and also, if you think back, like earlier in the season, one of the things that the Titans really struggled with was uh, Deshaun Watson against the Browns. It wasn't just the Nick Chubb show. It was the fact that Deshaun Watson is able to do stuff that's a little off script. And that's somewhere yeah. where I think Richardson's really good as well, whether it's running with the ball or whether it's like getting outside the pocket and making a pass kind of thing as well. It's like, I know there was question marks about his accuracy because I was one of the people that was going, mm, the guy's got like a 50% accuracy rate like through college. Um, I wasn't sure if that was down to college receivers or whether it was down to him and his arm. But to me, yeah. Richardson, the way he's looking already is kind of the way people were talking about Justin Fields looking for the Bears, like, yes. you know, being that guy that, oh, he can do stuff like, oh, look, he's so dynamic. He can run outside the pocket and make passes that are, accurate and still kind of you know just drive the play forward or use his legs so yeah Richardson's an exciting boy like uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him getting back in and he's got the arm strength as well to, that mm -hmm. is going to keep him relevant in the in the NFL like you say that it, it, for him I think I don't know if it was the just the excitement of being in the league and trying to show off what he, he can do there has been quite a few people doubting him that he maybe needs to learn to protect himself and go for the slide a wee bit earlier Instead, he, that's how he injured himself and he, he missed it the, the last game was because he was trying too hard to get that extra yards. Yeah. Trusting his team, trust his teammates and his arm maybe a wee bit more and he'll be absolutely fine. I think he's going to be a, a great investment for the, the Colts this year. Okay, um, what about the um the rest of the, the, the Colts team? Dan, you mentioned Zach Moss. Tell us a, a bit about him so far. Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss is... Um... See, obviously with Taylor being out, um, I, I had his stats up and I've just closed the backs and you know, said I'm pulling back again. 280 um, yards so far from 66 yeah. attempts, an average yard rating of 4.2 with just the one touchdown so far. Yeah, so I mean, I think he has, he's, he's stepped in and he's, he's done the job he's required to do. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, having Richardson being able to run the ball as well, I think that's, if you look at other teams that have got those type of quarterbacks, it does take a wee bit away from the running back in terms of their numbers. Um, 
So I think the balance of, of both of them is gave them a, a run attack. That so now teams we, we looked at the Colts. Colts have always had serviceable quarterbacks since Andrew Luck went out of the game, uh, but they've now actually got the, a, a quarterback who can run the ball and throw the ball uh, and win games both ways, which teams have come up against the Colts over the last couple of years. <clears throat> we thought, well, we just need to cover Jonathan Taylor and then the, the quarterback, we just need to do our usual, but we, we went at Richardson and Moss and Taylor, so you're now going to have the, a three-pong attack on the ground uh, once Taylor's back up and running. Um, I think Moss is going to be a key part of, of that running game going forward for them. It's um, certainly going to be an exciting matchup, but it was partly why I thought it would be an interesting game for us to, to discuss then. Scud, we'll come to you for first of all for like, predictions for the game. So I think we can maybe say that with teams two and two, it's going to be quite a, a tight matchup. Is this going to be the first draw of the this season so far? <laughs> uh, potentially, um, but, it's, <laughs> but they're definitely, it's going to be a really tight match and it's all about who. I don't usually say about if they can get the ball over the middle. Um, the the Titans have got a good chance, but yes. to me, my guts just and I like the Titans. I like Vrabel, but to me, I've my guts just saying the Colts. Yeah, and I thought they were going to be a tire fire this year. I, I'll admit that for the start, but they've won me over a bit. So to me, if I go over the Colts, and I would say the Colts. I say it will be close. Maybe the Colts by four. Ooh, fantastic. Dan, what about yourself? Yeah, I think the Colts as well. I'm just looking at the Colts' schedule actually just as we come up here. I think if the Colts can win this game, they've the, the schedule they've got coming up, they could go on a decent run until they come up against the Bucks. Um mm-hmm. the Titans, Jaguars, Browns, Saints, Panthers, Patriots, and then the Bucks. They could go on a decent run here. If they get Taylor back running, they could Win if they win this game, they can only be something that, as you mentioned, they could they could well be contenders for winning this division. I think the only span on the watch might be <clears throat> something I'll talk about later is the Texans. <clears throat> I think uh, they've surprised a few people, but I think the Colts will have too much for the Titans here. Yeah, what um, you put a score on it then? Uh, by a score, mm. Stu, what about yourself? I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I actually mm. think the Titans are going to win this, despite the Colts being in a very, very good spot and looking good yeah. now. I just, I kind of go, I'm looking at the the running defence. I just feel like Derek Henry's started getting right. And the fact that the Colts have already given up a couple of kind of over 100-yard rushing games um, yeah. to like, I know Williams, because I have him in fantasy, luckily. Um, Williams for the Rams put up over 100 yards versus them. I can see Derek Henry kind of possibly being able to feast here again. And I just think maybe the experience is going to be too much uh, and the Titans will take it on that side. So, I, again, I think it'll be a close game. I think it's like in that three to five point kind of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, maybe 23, like 20 or like, you know, 27, 24, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you in this one. I, I think Vrabel's guys are just starting to get the, the bit between their teeth. Um, I can see them being a real tough competitor. They're going to still be that. It's amazing to see the, the, the Colts stadium, the fans just getting right behind Anthony Richardson. But I think the, the, the bubble's going to be burst. Tannehill is uh, having the, the, the last throws of a guy whose career's coming to an end. 
Will Levis mm-hmm. isn't knocking on the door just yet, and I think Tannehill's going to do everything he can to keep himself relevant for the rest of the season. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be the um, the Titans for this one. Fantastic guys, looking forward to another tough, tight match, and um, I think it's time we, we we head to the the biggest match of the the week. I think Sunday night football. Um, we're heading to Santa Clara for the Cowboys at the 49ers. And Dallas Dan, gonna start with you then. How them Cowboys gonna do um traveling to the West Coast? Yeah, this is a probably match of the year. So never mind match of the week so far. Um yeah, this is a this is a game for us before we get into the detail of it. This is the type of game that we Historically, not just specifically for when we win games we should win, and apart from the Cardinals, let's just ignore that for a second. But when we get to these <laughs> tough, tough games, this is when we, we, we just can't seem to take that step, and that, that's the problem with us at the moment. But at the moment, over the last couple of years, is when it comes to these big games, when it's on the line, we just seem to come up short um, on both sides of the ball. It just seems to be like we, we could go this fantastic running, and suddenly you're going to play somebody who. Is potentially fighting you for Super Bowl spot, and we just seem to fall short. Um, so this is going to be a huge test of this this Cowboys team. That's we've done well last year. We're building. We're getting stronger this year. This is the biggest test that we will have faced uh, yet. Um, looking at the way that this season's is set up, I mean, we're great. Sorry, Scott, I'm going to have to talk about this for last week, but you can close your ears if you want. <laughs> I mean. <clears throat> I know the Patriots aren't. <laughs> I know the Patriots aren't having the best start to the season, but no matter what situation the Patriots are in, that's the biggest loss about Belichick's career. A thirty-five point deficit. He's never lost by that in his right. career. Um, and dare I say it, it wasn't the best Cowboys performance either. We weren't firing all cylinders. Uh, again, defense giving his points. Um, and that, that's a, that's been a. I know our defense has always been really good over the last couple of years, but actually turning to the defense getting points was great. They've been getting turnovers and interceptions and getting the ball back to the offense, but now they are adding their own points as well, which is meaning Dak Prescott isn't having to, to do everything. I think we discussed this the other week where Dak Prescott is just having to do enough at the moment. He's not having to go and win the games himself because if your yeah. defense is giving you 14 points of a start, you're already on, on the front foot. Um, it's as if it's as if that whenever he feels that he has to kind of push it a wee bit too much, that's when things start to go wrong for him. That's when the interceptions that he's been notorious for tend to happen whenever he's trying to just force it that wee bit too much. Just now everything seems to be nice and relaxed and smooth, yeah. and that's why it's going so well. I think knowing that you've got that such a strong D that you can rely upon is kind of it's helping the. The Cowboys get such a, a good start. Like you say, the, the Cardinals the result was a bit yeah, a freak, a bit yeah, an outlier there. But since that match, they they looked back to their usual self from the, the start of the season. Stu, I'm going to come to you. Um Dak has done well. Who else has impressed you from the, the offense for the, the Cowboys? Uh I mean Tony Pollard, I think, is probably man of the hour really like for your for your offense um he's he's looked fantastic this year and looks like he's delivering what you were hoping once um you let zeke go and made it the tony pollard show uh like also a special shout out to your your wee man that you have as well the little (laughs) russian uh, juice or whatever like uh 
I want to see more of him. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Cowboys are Cowboys are good. But one thing I would say on this matchup though that I kind of find quite funny because I was just looking up the, the historic record there. Dan, do you have? Do you want to guess what your record is against the against the San Francisco 49ers, like all time record? I, I'm, for some reason, my gut is what to tell me it's pretty poor, but I, I genuinely don't know. It's actually it's 19, 19 and one. Wow. So you guys are like exactly tied with one tie as well. So it's and then if There's you think back last, Yeah, now you think back last year. So you were actually beating them uh in your record until that playoff game. Yeah. Last year, because that would have been the you know the the what when they kind of yeah. last played you to kind of pull it back ahead. Um but yeah, hey, no, statistic of the week there. Statistic of the week, yeah. We'll, we'll have that in early kind of thing. So <laughs> they're, they're tied. So this is the week where one team can either jump ahead again or they can tie. <laughs> it's yeah, the same. Yeah. Fine, you sort of over it. Sort of over yeah. it you've said that. <laughs> yeah. So you no, mentioned I, Tony Pollard just yeah. to, to, to give his stats there. He's his average yard just now is a uh, four point three, three hundred and eleven yards so far for the season from seventy-three attempts. And he's got the two rushing touchdowns. The guy has really last season. I think we we talked about it um, in our, our group chat how he really was taking over from Zeke. He was the Zeke was kind of even holding them back a wee bit, just getting the the punch through at the the goal line. Pollard shown that he can do that as well. Um, it'd be good to see how he and um, Deuce um, form a, a relationship for the. the Full season. I don't think Deuce can carry it on his his own. You need the the hammer off um, Pollard there for the, yeah. the rest of it. Yeah, I think Ricky is number two at the moment. He's been getting the, the number two carries. I've been bringing Deuce for in for certain series, but he could have always been uh, getting a bit more on him at the moment. Yeah, eighty yards he's had so far from twenty attempts. Scott, what about the wide receivers for the the Cowboys? Um, You've got C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks has uh, come in this season, and Michael Gallup. Um, maybe not a full mention there for the, the Jake Ferguson at tight end too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think oh, like, obviously we know Lamb's a star. Lamb's a stud. Um, and I think Cooks just goes about his business and I haven't seen him at the Patriots and he's a cracking wide receiver. I think he's yeah. a, he's always solid for a thousand-yard season. I don't, I, I've got all the stats off his head, but I think he's more or less hurt that more every time he's played a full career, a full season. So Cooks, is a, Cooks I think, is probably a missing part. I know you get the Cooper, but I think he come in and he could be able to take that, that takes that workload away. And I think Gallup's solid. I think he's underrated, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think he's a solid wide receiver who doesn't get enough pop. But I would kill Friendly with him like that at the Patriots, to be honest with you, because we've got very little. Um, Gallup's no. probably staying fit. That's his biggest problem is yeah. staying clear injuries. He is a he has a good receiver. He was going to be our number one receiver. I mean, before we drafted CD Lamb, Michael Gallup was primed to be the number one receiver. Just can't keep mm-hmm. himself fit. Yeah. When fit, Brandon Cooks has, as you said, been well over the, the thousand yards each of his, his seasons. The uh, twenty nineteen with the Rams, he had uh, the injury. Um, only managed about 500 yards, and um, but no, certainly he's a, a, a terrific acquisition for the for the Cowboys. Dan, I want to come to you because last week that we saw, um, 
you know your heart was in your your mouth when you saw Micah Parsons and his ankle get stood on, rolled, was it a wee bit? He went off, yeah, he got stood on. but came back yeah, into the game. Yeah. Are you are you worried about that? Because the guy's an absolute yeah. juggernaut. He's just a machine. He's just an absolute machine. Uh, I, that won't keep him out. I mean, it's going to have to be. He's one of, one of those players that you see in the NFL that his leg needs to be hanging off before he comes off the field. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you, I don't know to describe him. He just is the perfect player you want on your defence. Um yeah, he's, he's got to be in the running for the player of the year again. He's, he's pressures, he's everything about him. I mean, I just love him. I just think teams <laughs> that passed up on him in the draft must be absolutely killing themselves now because uh, he was there for the taking. And I mean, I was surprised we got him. Um, I think that was a case of Jerry Jones going, Who's the best player on the board? Rather than what do we need? He's, he's yep. previous for that and it, it worked out. They done it with CD Lamb as well. We didn't expect to get CD Lamb because we had Michael Gallup and suddenly, well, He's there, so let's take him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was just twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one draft. Um, you guys got him at, uh, at twelve in the yeah. first round. Um, you imagine now if you fourteenth. If you look at the draft 14. now and you see think Michael, Michael Parsons would go in a draft now, he'd be Definitely. one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fourteen tackles this season so far, four sacks and one forced fumble. Um, yeah, definitely up there. If you can keep that going for um, a defensive player of the season, right? Let's turn our attention then to the 49ers, the ultimate team, the ultimate team, really. There, um, everybody knows what they're doing. The Shanahan, Shanahan offense, um, Brock Purdy. Uh, we've talked enough about the Mr. Irrelevant, I think he's well shaken off that, that tag, but he seems to do. I don't think it's fair in saying that he does just enough because there's a talent there and he takes a couple of chances with some throws. The guy so far has thrown already over a thousand yards um, and he's thrown for five touchdowns. The guy's... Uh, I think that not enough credits put on his name so far, Stu. How has he impressed you? I know you're looking for a... a, a a Joe Burrow-shaped hole to, to fill it. Is he one of the ones that you're Pur- looking Joe for? Purdy. Oh, sorry, yeah, Joe Purdy, no, no, <laughs> Brock Purdy. Um, just to enjoy watching this season. Yeah, no, like, uh, I'm absolutely a fan of Brock Purdy. I was last year, and I continue to be this year. Uh, I don't know if do you guys do you guys know Bernard Purdy. He's a famous, no. drum, famous drummer, and he was known as the, the hit, I mean, he's still alive, but he was known as the hit maker. When he was in his prime, because he just he played drums and like so many of those kind of like funk kind of Motown tracks back in the seventies. Uh, he's also yeah. famous for being involved with Steely Dan, who are one of my favorite bands, and uh, he he was really known for his like kind of shuffle beats. So if you if you get a kind of chance, go listen to Home at Last by Steely Dan after we got off this. Um, but he's known cool. he was known for the Puddy Shuffle, and that's the one thing I would say we brought brought Puddy's quarterback play is kind of just as good as Bernard, uh, Bernard Purdy's drumming. Like, it wasn't flashy. <laughs> it was just solid, but had enough groove to it that it kind of it made songs hits. Kind of thing. Like, it wasn't like John Bonham or anyone like that or, you know, Neil Peart or big flashy fills or anything. It just had a nice groove to him. And that's the way I feel that Brock Purdy has the Niners offense going. Like, he just kind of keeps things humming along, doesn't overstate himself, does what yeah. he needs to, and allows the other people, like the soloists, to do the flashy things. So... You've got like, and then because I mean, it's enabled guys like Ayuk, 
Samuel, who I might, might still be injured going into this week. I think he's been limited in practice, but still expected to play. And then, obviously, then you've got McCaffrey, kind of thing, who's in there, who is you know basically breaking records this year. Cause I think he's now uh, up there with what Jim Brown and uh, Emmett Smith. Dan is like uh, one of only three players to ever go over 600 yards rushing in his first four games in a season. I think that's uh, something that McCaffrey's achieved. Did they not, break, they not break Jerry Rice's record last week for consecutive games? I, touched yeah, for, for the, the franchise as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he did that too. So McCaffrey, yeah. as much as we all knew he was good when he was in Carolina, he's now that he's in that Shanahan offense. Uh, yeah. Working with the legend that is Brock Purdy, he's he's going to new heights, kind of thing. He's taking yeah, higher and has. higher. Yeah, it's good watching McCaffrey. It, it at times in this Shanahan offense, it, it, it reminds me of um, the way that they talked about the Ajax teams of the the seventies with the total football. This looks like total football. McCaffrey can't doesn't just like run over the top of players, leap him over the top of players at times. Mm-hmm. They can catch and make those yards as well. This just seems like the the complete team. What do you, what have you made of McCaffrey since um, since joining the, the 49ers? Um, but what can I describe it to be honest with you? He's been amazing. Um, literally, he's unstoppable, and he's not unstoppable, but he's been really good. Um, and I fear. That's, that's one of the biggest things this weekend. I think you've, you should be fearing Dan. Is, is, he's the biggest difference between the both teams. Paul has been solid, yeah. but McCaffrey's a game changer. Um, and I, the guy's brilliant, especially when you manage to fall to number five in your fantasy league, in your draft. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so much better. How, God, How did that even happen? You and, I, <laughs> God, you, and I, you and I have been burned before by McCaffrey as well. The, I have too. I've yeah. been an injured but that was with Carolina. The the good thing is he's we have a good team now. We're a good old life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the big that's a big difference. I, the one um, thing Dan, I've oh, sorry, sorry, I was just gonna say go one, one, th- one last thing on McCaffrey. One thing I've loved about what Shanahan does with him, uh, and with Samuel as well, is the fact that sometimes we'll swap them right before the, mm-hmm. the play is gonna go, and you see McCaffrey ends up lining up in the slot, and sometimes he's been all the way out at wide out. Kind of thing mm-hmm. like uh, when they've been kind of running offensive plays, and then Samuels went into the backfield, and Ayuk's went back there, kind of thing, or uh, even Kettle, I think, is taking some snaps at running back almost, kind of thing. So it's Shanahan just that seems was... to be able to do what he wants, and McCaffrey just adds to that because you know that, well, if we line him up in the slot or you know, a wide receiver, his hands are so good that he's probably going to catch it and make a play anyway. <laughs> Dan, that must be so hard for the, the defense to. To concentrate on where they're they're going to target, where they think that the the danger is going to come from. When you look at the team, it can come from many many uh, sources. You've looked at Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk's done really really well. Kittle as well turns up as as an option in that team. But the thing is, they're going up against a savvy, well run, well drilled defense. Is there anyone else other than McCaffrey that you fear that you think that this is going to be a death by a thousand cuts, possibly by uh, from the the Forty Niners? Is there is this the hardest offense you're going to face in the regular season? To answer that question, yes, by by a mile, but not based mm. purely on talent. I mean, obviously McCaffrey is elite, but they've got good options. At I Samuel 
but I wouldn't put them in the elite category. They just work no. very well together. Mm-hmm. They're just they're very well drilled. They know their game plan. They know what everybody needs to do, and everybody just executes. So as an offense, they're not. I wouldn't say elite, but they are the best. If that makes sense, um, yeah. because they all know their job. They all know their role. They all work for each other, and it, it just doesn't look like there is a weakness in that offense. But for them, they're coming up against. Well, you could argue who's got the best defense between the Cowboys and the Fortnite. It's close, but they're going to come up. This is the biggest challenge they're going to come up against on the other side of the mm-hmm. ball. Um, and it's not just the, the normal players that are stepping up this year for us. I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch, who I've always really liked, but I just wasn't sure if he would ever take that step up. He seems to have stepped up again this year. Uh, Deron Bland coming in for, um, for Diggs, two interceptions last week, a pick six. He's stepping up. Um, we obviously we know about Parsons, we know about Demarcus Lawrence. Um, the the D line as a as a unit is is doing well, um, and, and the takeaways and the points show that. So I really like the Forty Niners offense, and I think they they are great. But this is going to be a big this is as big a test for Forty Niners this week as it is for the Cowboys. This is going to be probably be the biggest challenge for both teams they'll face this season until at least the playoffs. Scott, I'm going to. Get your uh, picks for the, this game in a wee moment. I just want to ask you quickly about the 49ers D. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, incredible talents. Fanka uh, as well. Do you think they've got a, a, enough to stop Pollard, um, CD, Lamb uh, there? Is this going to be a, a war of attrition? Do you think they're going to cancel each other out? Or is this going to be a just a, a score fest for both teams? It won't be a score fest because both two, both teams have got too good a defense to for that to happen. It will be a yeah. I think it'll be an enthralling game to watch for a neutral. Um, Dan's heart will be in his mouth through the full game, but I'll enjoy it. <laughs> but it's just I think it's going to be a game, and it'll be, as you say, Dan, it'll be the game of the season so far. And there'll be a lot to take away from it because it's two high octane teams going toe to toe, and both looking top of their game at the moment. And it will should be a fantastic watch. Um, Definitely one that if you don't stay up for, you need to catch the game in 40. Right. Okay. One last thing then, uh, Stu, I, I can't go without coming to you for this. Brandon Aubrey or Jake Moody? Who's going to win out of the two kickers? Moody. I like Moody a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm the same. He's at home. I mean, that's that's what's swinging it for me, because Aubrey is good too. And okay. I'm just going to go uh, so who's, your, one. who's going to win the, the game then? Uh, you still going to go with the homer? All the tie. Um, I'm going to go nine. I'm going to go Niners, and I'm going to say it's going to be by three points. And it's going to be a, both teams. Their defenses are going to be absolutely excellent. So I think this is going to be a good game either way. But I'll, yeah. I'll pick the Niners, but not be surprised if the Cowboys win. Right, Dan. Let's get it out of the way. How much are the Cowboys going to win by? <laughs> well, one way is the only one way we're going to win this game. And it was something I actually made mentioned earlier on we're talking about it. Our our red zone offensive season is shocking. Uh we are number 30 in the league for red zone offense. And this is a stat that actually blew me away. We've had the most plays in the red zone in the league this season. We've had 85 plays in the red zone this season. We've only had eight eight touchdowns out of that. The team who is second with plays in the red zone is the 49ers. They've only had 54. So we've had 30 oh. more plays in the red zone than a team that's sec- the second. But we're just not doing anything with it. 
mean, we're averaging 2.8 yards on a play in the red zone. That's shocking. Wow. How many touchdowns has the 49ers converted for that? Yeah, at least eight. I know that because they give you the, the top five between eight and 15 touchdowns in the last play. So the 49ers have got 54 plays, Bills 53, Chiefs and Chargers 52, and Miami 50. So one of them has got 15 touchdowns. We've got that maybe Miami. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miami touchdowns always end up for about 50 yards away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. right. 18, it's like 30 yard touchdown runs and stuff. Yeah, so. we're, we're in the red zone, but in the red zone, we're hitting third down with still six yards to go. That's you just can't be in the red zone and be in that situation. So mm-hmm. if we're going to win this game, we need to, to change that in the red zone and we need to be more aggressive on first and second down in the red zone that's been the problem because if we get to the red zone and go all right we're here and we just change the game plan completely so mm-hmm. we will yeah. change that this week um and i think we will win very tight i, I can see this being a a few go to win it as time expires that that's wow. that's going to be that tight Oh, what a great way to finish uh, sunday or early morning uh, monday for us that'll be Scud, what about yourself? I'm going to go, it's going to go to extra time. Overtime, sorry. Nice. Aye, aye. Um, <laughs> um, and I'll go with a few goals as well, but I think it may end up in the 49ers. But I do see it in a close game that can go either way. As I said earlier, it's just a coin flip. Whoever's got the ball last, effectively. Yeah, I, I can see, I'm going to go with you in this one. I can see Moody giving the Cowboys the Blues. Do um, I can see that happening there? Fantastic, um, gentlemen, thank you very, very much. Uh, um, it brings us uh, to a head for the the three top games that we're we're looking at. We haven't even got time for the the rest in one. What we'll do just now is we will head straight to our (laughs) fantasy. We talk too long, (laughs) there's a surprise, really. (laughs) It's not like it's um, some really, really good discussions though again this week, and so. What we do at this point every week, we try to give you a wee hints and tips on who we think is going to be the fantasy stud and who's going to be a wee sleeper for someone if, if you can try and pick up or make, make a trade for um, for the forthcoming week. So, Dan, I'll come to you for your stud and sleeper for the QB this week. Yeah, I think my stud, I don't think, is going to be a surprise. It's not that Cresco. Uh, <laughs> going up against the Giants' defence and the bonfire they are, it's going to be two this week. He's... Yeah, he's going to destroy the Giants. This it's not even going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be hurting after last week, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what about your sleeper then? My sleeper. I don't know whether people consider this to be a bit of a surprise or a sleeper, or whether that's a surprise. Uh, be expected after his performance last week, but I'm going to go CJ Stroud as my sleeper this week. I think he they really should. appeared last week. Um, I think this week. Um, Playing again, I've just completely forgot who they're playing again this Falcon, week. Uh, Falcons, Falcons, yeah, sorry. Uh, a decent matchup for him, I think. Yeah, we're going to go with CJ Stroud to continue his uh, development and lead the Texans. Yeah, already, already 1200 passing yards, um, through the, the first four games. So the guy's really settled into the, the season. Number two pick, um, as well. So, yeah, terrific, uh, a great choice there. We have running backs with Stu. Who is your stud running back there, Stu? Stud of the week, now that his snap count has been removed and he's playing against one of the worst run defences I've ever seen, uh, the Denver Broncos, Brees Hall. 
from the yeah. from the New York Jets. I think he's going to run a mock. So he's a stud of the week at running back. He did the same last year. Do you think Brees Lightning will strike twice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Um, <laughs> will be your sleeper, sleeper then. Yeah, so sleeper. Uh, I went back and forth on this one. Who did I have as my sleeper again? Oh, and my brains just went to my tight ends, uh, as it was wont to do. <laughs> no, my, my sleeper for this week, again, I don't know if it's really that much of a sleeper because we talked to him about him earlier on, or I kind of spoke about him in the uh, Titans-Colts game. Mm-hmm. It's the mad mountain that is Derek Henry, which I find weird saying he's a sleeper because it's just, I guess, it's the way things go in fantasy yeah, where things kind of fall yeah. off, but... I think Derek Henry, um, yeah, maybe him. But then I also, like, I, if I wasn't going to pick him, the other guys I was looking at was uh, maybe Ramondre Stevenson for the Pats mm-hmm. as well. I think he could have a big week against the Saints. So if we want to go in an actual sleeper that isn't Derek Henry, Ramondre Stevenson's your guy. Good, good. Thank you, Scott. What about you? <laughs> I thought you would, I thought be. You would be. What about you? What about your stud wide receiver then, mate? Um, I'm going to tack on to Dan's um, stud um, quarterback. I don't think Hill's having a quiet game again. So, to me, same Giants fire. I think Hill will have a big game against them. If two is going to do well, so Hill, he'll feed off them as well. Yeah. So, me Great. time. What about your sleeper then, bud? Um, Flowers for mm-hmm. the Ravens. Um, I think he's coming along nicely, and I think he needs to start getting the ball more. Um, so I've got a funny. I hopefully it will start this week against the Steelers, isn't it? Just checking. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Um, so Raven Steelers. Yeah. Hopefully you can start there. Fantastic. Um, back to you, Dan, for the deadliest D. Yeah, we already spoke very extensively about this team earlier in the show, and I'm going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills D's is the start of the week this week. I think uh, you can easily pick the Cowboys and the 49ers, but I think going against the opposite offences, it's going to be it's going yeah. to be tough. Um, I think in terms of if you look at fantasy points, I think you can, the Cowboys and the 49ers are just as a risk against each other. But I think the Bills against the Jaguars should be a, should be a decent pick in the fantasy this week. Fantastic. What about your sleeper D? So sleeper, it took me a wee while because okay, I was looking across the schedule, thinking right, who can pick up points, who's up against. Uh, I can I say a weaker team, but without mm-hmm. being a stud defense, and I, and I look at it, I'm actually going to go for the Packers. The Packers at the Raiders. Um, Derek Carr's is he back? Is he not back? Either Coral didn't have a great game last week, um, mm-hmm. so I think the Packers could could pick up a few points in fact it's this week against against the Raiders. Um, they're a bit out of sorts with who's playing quarterback. So I'm going to go with Packers for K Walker's been doing well for me in uh, one of my leagues. So yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. It's uh, Stu, play for your tight ends. Uh, so the stud of the week, uh, complete cop out here, but TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings. Oh. Just because if the Vikings are going to win, because I play the Chiefs this week, we never even got to talk about that game, but if uh, mm-hmm. the Vikings are going to win, I think that Hawkinson is going to be instrumental because he seems to be, he's as much as Jefferson's a monster, Hawkinson is the other guy that he throws to, especially when he seems to be trying to get those key first downs late in the game. He's been throwing it to him quite a lot, so I could see Hawkinson having a, a big week. Fantastic. Um, what about your sleeper then? 
Sleep on, I mentioned earlier how I almost was going to pick both Buffalo Bills tight ends, but I ended up going, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. Sleeper for me this week is uh, Ty Conklin with the New York Jets. Ooh. Like, uh, I really like what I've seen of him the past few weeks. The only thing that kind of, or, or what makes him a sleeper more than anything, is Wilson's been targeting him a lot, but he doesn't seem to do mm-hmm. it in the red zone for whatever reason. But this week, again, he's playing the Broncos' defence, so I could see Conklin, if he gets, kind of, if he's able to break free, he could maybe bust off a touchdown, or he might yeah. actually finally start getting those targets in the red zone. So, yeah, Ty Conklin, sleeper of the week for tight end. Fantastic. Finishes off then, Scott. Who is your um, stud kicker this week? Um, I feel bad. This is usually Stu's job. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I, I, hey, I, I got a couple. I went with McPherson last week and ended up with three total points. That, that um, wasn't on him, he did his job. It was uh, the rest of the Bengals yeah. offense that was the problem. Um, it's been benched this week. <laughs> I'll go with Elliot for the Eagles for my stud. Um, yeah. he's going well this season so far, and I don't see any reason Point for it to stop this week. Yeah, yeah. um, Rams at Sophie as well, so it's, uh, no it's a nice kicking, nice kicking environment. <laughs> Um, and sleeper, I'll go with Patterson for Detroit. Yeah. Um, again, I'm a kicker's as good as if a team does well but badly, begin to kick field goal range. It's just about as much as your luck, or if they score ten touchdowns, it can work it well for you as well. But it all depends. But no, I'll go with Patterson for Detroit. Yeah, I think it's a good shout up against the at home to the Panthers there. So as well, that yeah, a good shout. Guys, this has been fantastic. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking some football with you. We managed to get through three games, but I think we went in a good bit of depth there and um, really, really enjoyed it. And of course, everybody that's listening at this point is just listening to find out which stud kickers uh, and sleepers kickers were, were, were um, <laughs> waxing lyrical about, of course. Um, if you have made it this far, thank you very much for listening and watching the Gridiron Crew. Um, we will be back on Monday with the review crew you can follow us you can subscribe to us on youtube and wherever you get your podcast please leave us a wee comment a nice wee message plenty of stars and it just helps spread the the name of the gridiron crew far and wide we have had quite a lot of new listeners with the the start of the season and the crew is just continuing to grow brian is absolutely right i have absolutely dumped crew immunity because there's just so many puns to do with crew that I can uh, I can push on you guys. So we'll, we'll leave that one going. But the, the puns um, are the puns are uh, gruesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I'm I'm still absolutely buzzing with crew's missile of the week. I, I love that Aye. one so much. Yeah, um, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you get your podcasts. And please share the, the, the love of the, the crew with everyone. The, the sport is just taking off massively in the UK, Scotland uh, especially, and we just want to be a part of it. And we want to give a voice to those of you that are listening, especially in Scotland. So if you know anyone that you would like to recommend to join the crew, to come on the podcast and talk rubbish with us for an hour and a half, and please get them to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're going to the game in London, have a wonderful time. Um, and hopefully it's a, a big score for you. It'll be a, a fantastic weekend. Um, Dan, Scud, Stu, thanks very much, gents. Cheers. And Good bud. Right, thanks for having me. Thanks. And we will speak to you again next week.